I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, July 7, 2020. We are looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We have stuff on the docket today. We have a lot of stuff on the docket today. We're going to talk numbers. We're going to talk charts. We're going to talk patterns. We're going to talk about a lot of different things that will begin to come together as the video goes along. The whole idea of understanding of how the foundation of the market works is understanding how the different time frames come together one at a time. How the different markets work together one at a time. After all, at the end of the day, and we say this quite often, it's all the same market. Everything's going to be doing the same thing, relatively speaking. You're always going to have outliers, and not everything moves to the same magnitude, but for the most part, it's all the same market. What jumps off the page on the daily chart today? Other than the fact that it was a down day, nothing really jumps off the page on this chart. However, mind you, you're taking a stroll inside my head, dangerous place to be. How about the daily chart of the S&P E-mini futures contract? Now, let's set the table for a second. 31.77.75, that's the high of the breakdown candle that we've zeroed in on for quite some time. Yesterday, they missed it. They came close, but they never hit the breakdown candle high. We also talked about the fact that these things tend to be magnetic. Well, they did it in the heat of the night. They did it like thieves in the night. Here's an hourly chart, and here's basically midnight, right? It's right before midnight. They do it, then they sell off, and that's the end of it. Then they have a garden variety, give it the college try, rally him back up to run a test, and then a failure. We'll get more into that as time goes on. The point is this, they did it today, meaning the futures market begins trading for the next day at 6 p.m. the prior day. So for example, at 6 o'clock today on Tuesday, the futures market essentially opens for Wednesday's trading. Let's discuss this further because we have a couple of things working. When we go back to the SPY chart, you'll remember 319, which is a gap. Well, they didn't hit the gap. These two prices are not the same. But let's understand what normally happens at these breakdown candle highs. At least on the first hit, they tend to be reactionary, meaning they're going to have a reaction in the other direction. Breakdown candle high, you're going to have a reaction down in the southern direction. Breakup candle low, you're going to have a reaction up in the northern direction. The best opportunity is always on the first run. First hit, best hit, after that, not so much. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't work the second or third time if there is a second or third time. What it means is if you stand back and use the 80-20 rule, for example, the rule would say on the first hit, your probabilities are pretty good of having that reaction. The probabilities go down. The odds are not the same on the second, third, fourth, fifth hit, and so on. So then the question comes up, have we had a sufficient reaction in the other direction? Probably not. 
For those of you that have taken the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, if you take a look at this chart from the most previous pivot low, you'll notice that coming into the breakdown candle high was on time. Time is more important than price, but when time matches up with price, your probabilities increase. Now, let's talk about that gap up at 319. Are they going to trade away? Are they going to fall away, have a meaningful correction, and totally leave that gap alone? We don't know that to be the case or not to be the case. We take it one step at a time, one day at a time. We know something still to be true. Remember the old last Monday's low? Well, it's no longer last Monday's low, but it's the low from the 15th. That still is a reversal candle, and that still is, as far as I'm concerned, a line in the sand. Now, if they come down here and they start breaching the 29th, the low from the 29th, well, the telltale sign is that they're likely going lower, and last Monday's low, for example, from the 15th, isn't going to matter much. But the question is, are they going to be down there anytime soon? Well, here's what I would say. There's a lot of support before that happens. You have several gaps in between that price and current price. Those gaps under normal garden variety conditions will be reactionary. From an intraday perspective, inside the numbers members will certainly have a beat on those numbers and in real time. You also have something else that's extremely important. You have, remember, 305. Now, it's a long way off, but we're pre-planning. It's an awareness. We might as well have the discussion. 305 was an important area. It will likely be somewhat important again, if not 305, in and around 305. Let me help build a case. Here you have a breakup candle, therefore you have a breakup candle low that comes in and we're rounding at around 304. Now, do they always get to the breakup candle low? Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. So what we're saying is somewhere between 304 and 305, you're likely to find garden variety support. The safety net below that is the convergence of the moving averages. You have the 200 and the 50 period moving average. Call it somewhere in the neighborhood of 301 to 301 and a half. Now, again, these numbers are far away, but the other awareness is this market, despite what you may have seen over the last several days, can move swift and fast in either direction. Let's get back to the gap. Are they just going to leave the gap alone? Well, here's another awareness. Again, we're playing umpire calling balls and strikes. Nothing says they can't do one of these. Here's a move higher. They have a move down for a few days, whether it's two days, four days, six days, who knows. They have a move down, and then they have another move up to go fill the gap while everybody gets short the market, expecting it to collapse. Question. Have we ever read that book before? Answer, yes we have. Also, point of interest, again, put on your lazy e-mini trader hat, and you'll notice the same thing that we looked at in the ES futures contract isn't here in the SPY contract in terms of time. It's interesting. I watch both charts. There are a variety of reasons why I watch both charts. There's a method to the madness, so let's go into Inside the Numbers, and then we're going to circle back to 
the hourly and then the 120 minute chart because there's something I want to point out that's interesting. It was pointed out inside the numbers, but I want to do both. Right out of the shoot, obviously it was turnaround Tuesday. We're discussing the fact that they did the deed overnight. And then the awareness becomes whether or not today is going to be just a garden variety pullback from the breakdown candle high or the beginning of something more. And obviously at the end of the day, they left us with it could be something more. Then while we're down here, we'll take a look at stocks on the move real quick. We had one on the board that I was considering slightly higher risk than the norm, so I thought I would mention it. I think that's the prudent thing to do. So let's take a look at stocks on the move, and then we'll make mention of the fact that we're going to get into hot and heavy into earnings season. Companies are reporting earnings, but next week the floodgates really open up. Those of you that have been around a while have seen this before. The trades tend to come fast and furious. So today's action was Shake Shack, WKHS, D again, JKS. What we had was Shack hit its price objective, as did WKHS. It says jump target. It jumped the first target, but it went to the second target. That was an interesting one. It was a rocket ride. We will take a look at the chart. Before we do that, we're going to go up in the commentary, and we're going to mention a couple of things that are important. Where are those spots? The early thoughts, this is before the opening bell rings, the early spots are both on the south side and the north side where we're likely to see either the shakeout, really in either direction, take the market before A, either overhead resistance and B, support creating a bounce a la the buy the dip crowd. So let's move along for a second and then we'll start really digging into a couple of things that I think are important. As you run through the notes, pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts if you're at all curious whether or not we're right in this stuff. And if you're active in the market during the day, it's almost a no-brainer. This information is useful if you're active in the markets during the day. Let's zero in at 9.23, again, before the market opens, at 3.16.25, right here, Top portion, 316.25, corresponding ES3162. Here's a 15-minute chart. You know the routine. Everything to the right of the vertical is today's activity. They did go a little higher, but you can see the importance of that spot. As it turned out, once they really gave up that spot, you'll see in the notes, there was one more spot, and that was the end of the ball game for the Bulls. Moving right along, and again, pause the video, read the notes, and then take a gander at what the chart was at the time after the notes were posted. We had what I like to call a pivot, or what is called a pivot. 316 and a quarter, as it turned out, was a pivot, and you saw the chart. Above, nothing wrong with the market, we're back to yesterday. Below, something wrong with the market, bears have the ball, bulls fumbled it. That's just the way it works. It's good to know this stuff if you're active in the market during the day. The other number, 315.75, you see that here, starts out early, comes into play a lot later in the day. Here's a five-minute chart. Here's that number, and you can see right on the hourly close, the 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time close, they dove down, 
closed below what was to me an important number. And again, that was a tell. And what that did was it opened the door, and you'll see this also in the notes, it opened the door for the lows of the day and or lower to be tested. And you'll see that here in the notes. About 1018, little sidetrack or a short hop. How about WKHS? How about the rocket ride? And when you go over to the chart, you'll see on a percentage basis, this falls into the redonkulous camp, moving right along. And here you see, again, 315.75, below is bearish. And this was long before the market did what it did a few hours later, taking that nosedive. Again, moving right along. What you'll also see, and we'll go over Shake Shack as well, you'll also see a couple of charts. I like the idea of posting charts, a picture is worth a thousand words. The feedback has really been good in terms of posting the charts. So what I'll do is I'll post more stuff. Certainly in the afternoon when things quiet down, there are learning opportunities. This is an education, and what I should really say is non-stop education environment and by the way what you'll see in this chart is a bull flag pattern that we discussed last night i'm bringing it back to the forefront and what we're also saying is check this out at 11:30, we're saying that yeah the buy the dip crowd came in and created a reversal candle of sorts the awareness is one of these bull flag patterns will fail at some point below today's low would be a start It's all awareness stuff. If you're aware of what the picture is, what the storyline is, when the storyline begins to unfold, you're not surprised and you can take advantage of it. That's what this business is all about. Again, 1142, line in the sand, 315.75. How many times do you have to say it? I'm sure I sound like a broken record at times. And here you go. Below 315.75, what's on the table? Low of day, 314.90. And then you'll see there are multiple gaps that come into play. This is one of them. There's more. And then again, we're always playing umpire as the market bounces. You never know whether a bigger rally can ensue. So you need to know where the resistance is up north, what can contain the market. That's the way things work. They're starting to crack. If they crack, where to? First order of business, low of day, 314.90. They did all that. So they did the thing they were supposed to do if they got below the number that they couldn't get below if they were to stay bullish. And if that didn't make any sense, rewind the video a little bit because it did. And then so let's go out here into the end of the day. And then we're going to go back to the charts. We'll also look at the stocks on the move as promised. And then at the end of the day, there's your gap 314 and a quarter. There's another gap 313.30. No surprises. And then into the end of the day, the gap listed at 313.30. You can see they pulled up just a few pennies short and then ripped the market back up. They do that. We know they do that. It's cited in the notes. Sometimes they come up short. Sometimes they spike it through. It's an awareness. We always have to be aware of that. So for example... What do you do with that information? Well, let's say a trader was short from where resistance was, riding it down. Let's just say they had something left on into the end of the day. We're looking to take an exit. Do you wait for the gap or do you exit before the gap, which is the prudent thing? Well, if you're running this as a business, you do the prudent thing. Just saying. What about the stocks on the move? 
So let's take a look at what happened at the numbers. So Shake Shack getting a haircut, not necessarily all the way down. See, it rallied right back. It got bought up with the market, but then collapsed later on. 50.65, you can see where that worked. We don't classify this as a rocket ride. We classify this as a base hit. You can see they fought the number, and then they had a better spike later on, but it's unlikely any traders are left in the trade at this point in time after this kind of price action. And then you can see what happened into the end of the day. They go lower to where? Again, with the rest of the market. Again, all the same market. If the S&P is getting hit, and the Dow's getting hit, and the NASDAQ's getting hit, then the stocks within are getting hit. So where do they go to? The $50. My number was 50.06. That's the math number behind the calculator. However, they go to the $50 in and around that number, and you can see what happened. It was, in fact, supportive of the market for the most part. It stopped falling. Nobody should be taking a trade into the last few minutes of the day. There's no time just in case you have to wait it out. That goes into the category or camp of treating it like a business. You start getting into the last 20, 25 minutes of the day, there's no trade left over. You may be in a trade, riding a trade. You're not taking a new trade at that time. How about workhorse? Let's go over this one. So there's two numbers on the board. Now, the problem with the first one, it's not a problem. It's just what we do with the first one is because price opened below, opening print, 1577. It wipes the first price off the table. What do we do with that? We ignore it. We pretend it's not there. We look to the second price. So let's go over this. Let's assume that you were painting by the numbers, following the rules, treating it like a business. We exercise patience. We want to see if the stock is going to come down to the second number. There's a method to the madness. There's a reason these numbers exist. There's a reason why the rules behind the trades, behind the numbers exist. So we wait. They hit the second number and the rest is history. Look what happened. They go just a touch lower. They reverse. And where are they just minutes later? And all things considered, this really is minutes later. They're at a high of 1694. Do the math on that. 1437 entry, 1694. The new math and the old math, even using an abacus, says that's about 18%. Traders could have taken anything they wanted along the way. How do you like them apples? I said we wanted to get back to the SPY. So here's the hourly chart. So here's what we were discussing, and here was what the picture was in the notes. We have a bull flag pattern, and when the bull flag pattern fails, which is getting below this channel, it opens the door for the gap. What happened? They went for the gap. Here's the 120-minute chart, and this is the picture we looked at yesterday. We said, look, they're making a bull flag pattern. That's what this is. It was without this candle today. That's today's candle, the big green one. But they were making a bull flag pattern, setting up to go higher to do what? Fill the gap. That was it. That's simple. But the awareness is at some point, one of these fails and the market comes down. That was today. What's doing over in Camp IWM? Below the 20-period moving average, 
shows relative weakness against the SPY. Why is that important? Because it's my favorite market-leading indicator. We all know that. Now, what happened here in the IWM, and I can assure you this is a puzzle piece, it made a lower high. It never got above the old high. Didn't the SPY peak its head above the old high, headed for the gap, but didn't get there yet? That is correct, it did. But this made a lower high. That's relative weakness. This is my favorite market-leading indicator, and therefore, that's why it's a puzzle piece, and it's on the table. Nothing 100% conclusive one way or the other. What we're doing is we're unpacking the market. We're putting all the important stuff on the table. What comes out the other side is the highest probability thing. That's what we do here. Speaking of favorite market-leading indicators, this is number two favorite market-leading indicator in the transports. This is also known as the folks down at the transportation department. Now, this was more on par with the SPY today. We're not going to split hairs over fractions or basis points. Nothing conclusive from the transports. If it was on par, down with the SPY, we can't say it was leading one way or the other. Therefore, today we just move it along. Move it along from the daily chart. However, I want to show you a couple of other things. So on the hourly chart, you can see here that we can consider this a breakup candle. So therefore, we consider the low important. So if they stay above the low of this candle, they're okay, which puts them above these moving averages. That's not really what was the most important thing. It was another chart that caught my eye. And here's the 120-minute chart where they're still above all the moving averages. Now, here's the conflict. You have... A reversal here you have a breakdown candle so what you have is essentially a bear flag pattern until and unless you get above and it's not a flag pattern anymore I stand corrected it's more of a bearish wedgish thing I don't like to get involved with the names and the labels and all that junk we'll leave that to folks like Joe at Joe's indicator shop all we need to know is until and unless they can get above the high of this candle no dice. That's good enough for me. It's an awareness. It's a puzzle piece. There's a conflict. It's bullish above all the moving averages, but you have a stymie with the reversal candle. And this is also when they ran the test. We talked about this yesterday. They ran the test of this double top area and they failed. So this is bearish in and of itself. Again, this is the stuff you have to do as an umpire. You have to look at the whole thing. In order to do that, you have to do what? You have to check your bias at the door. Oh my, a down day over in Silicon Valley. Pretty interesting stuff. So they peaked their head above another new high, finished near the lows, kind of a tail candle thing going on. They're high on the chart. They're extended from home base. We talked about that yesterday. Doesn't mean this is bearish. You can have some down days in the queues. Doesn't mean the entire NASDAQ is ready to roll over just yet. Maybe it will, maybe it won't, but you need to take the approach of it's a down day for starters. That's it. Should they likely come down and fill this gap in here? Yeah, likely. Why is that price area also important? Well, it's pretty easy to explain. You had essentially a breakout. The market runs up to this area, gets rejected. Runs up to this area, gets rejected. Runs up to this area and breaks out. So at some point, 
They're going to come down and fill this gap, but they're also going to come down and do what? Check in at the former breakout area. Why? Because that's what they do. When? We don't know. One of those $64,000 questions. Here's one that we've had our eye on, the financials. You can see what's going on here. They are, in fact, a current canary in the coal mine. Below all these moving averages, each and every day we've talked about this thing, and until and unless they can get above this 20-period moving average, no dice. That's where the repair job would begin. Instead, you see this bearish kind of pattern going on. We talked about this last night. This is a bearish pattern. This is not good news. If the financials are going to go down, not good news if you're bullish. If the financials are going to go down, the rest of the market is likely going down with it. That's the way it works. It's unlikely that the financials go in one direction in a larger way and the rest of the market isn't following suit. Until we see a turnaround, we must take heed in the financials. Smash Mouth, again, it is a leading indicator of the tech space. It was a down day. They're in no man's land. Should they come down and fill the gap? Yes, they should. Doesn't mean there's anything technically wrong with the semi-space because they're in an uptrend. So coming down back to home base is what we like to say, garden variety market behavior. For now, it's a similar conversation that we just had with the Qs. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you and that without you, these videos are not possible? That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here. It's everything that I wanted to and intended to discuss. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.